listening to the Red Sea Podcast, part of the Over the Monster Network. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Hosted by Jake Devereaux. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. And featuring Keaton DeRocher. It's a grand slam. I'm telling you. Welcome back to the Red Seat Podcast. I am your host for this week, Keaton Drosher, and joined by my regular co-host for the Red Sox Precap Podcast, Shelly Verstrait. Uh, Shelly, you and I uh, haven't been on this podcast together since the end of the season. Have you, have you had enough time to process and distance? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'm just so glad that we don't have to really talk about the bullpen like twice a week now. <laughs> uh, it, it took this long for me to recover from that to kind of get back on this podcast with you. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. That was tough. Yeah. And uh, here's hoping we have a nice, wonderful low off season so we don't have to be in as much pain next year. Here, but, here. Yeah, which is, uh, well, maybe not specifically the bullpen, but this podcast will be all about speculation. Uh, with the non-tender deadline this week, we're going to take a look at some players who have already been uh, non-tendered and see if maybe they might be an option for the Red Sox, as well as some other possible non-tenders that, um, according to Fangraphs, uh, have a shot at being non-tendered and see if the Red Sox might be interested in them, as well as some just general free agent speculation. And then we're going to speculate again on what are we going to do with the outfield. So... This podcast will be all full of speculation. Let's dive in. So some non-tender candidates that have already been non-tendered contracts or not tendered contracts. Uh, First one is Hunter Renfro. In typical Tampa fashion, um, they just kind of got loose. Um, Outfield was a position, well, I mean, I guess most positions Tampa had kind of a excessive depth uh, outfield, certainly being one of them. Hunter Renfro, though, um, didn't have a great season like a lot of other guys. We actually talked about Hunter Renfro, um, Jake and I, on the previous one a bit. I would be all in on the Red Sox, um, bringing him in either as an everyday player or as an outfield bat off the bench. Um he could be a great pinch hitter. He could be a great depth piece, or I think he could be fine playing left field every day uh, for the Red Sox. Defense isn't going to kill you, uh, but his bat certainly has quite a bit of pop. Uh, and I just find it really easy to like dismiss um, like struggles during a weird COVID season uh, because like so many players across the league did, uh, which kind of just like. It doesn't make it an outlier, it just kind of makes it a bit a part of the norm. So uh, I would look back more towards like previous seasons where he's capable of 30-plus homers, um, getting on base at a decent enough clip, uh, that he's certainly better than any option they have as a fourth outfielder currently, And if they, which we'll, we'll dive into more in the outfield piece, but if they do want to move on from Andrew Benintendi, bringing him in at a low cost to play an outfield position, I think would make sense for the Red Sox. Uh, yeah, um, I totally agree. Um, I, 
I, I, I added this guy. Uh, I had him referred to the the, the pre pro because I do know that you. I do know that you kind of like him, and I, I do think that he would like really fit in uh, well with the Red Sox, just like you said. Um, maybe as a left fielder, or maybe it's a guy off the bench. Um, I've always kind of liked him, like with the Padres. I always thought that he could be maybe just a little bit, just a little bit better. Uh, it seems like the Padres didn't really give him enough, like full time playing time. And then you know the Rays. He just you know I really anyone who struggles in 2020, I kind of give them a mulligan. <laughs> who yeah. did not? Who did not struggle in 2020? Because I know that I struggled in 2020. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, yep. I, yeah, I just just yeah, I just kind of gloss over it really. But uh, when I think of Renfro, like I really do kind of think of like like an Adam Duvall type. Um, like uh, Duvall was like with the the Giants, then he went to the Reds, he got DFA'd, and then he went to Atlanta. He's just always, like, just really just mashed. And I really think that Renfro could probably put up a season, maybe not to the level of Duvall, but kind of just kind of, you know, come out of nowhere, right, and have, like, a really good season. So I I would be totally on board with the Red Sox picking this guy up. Yeah, it's actually a great comp. Uh, A couple highlights. Um... We touched on it in the previous pod, but a career best walk rate for Renfro in 2020. First time he had a walk rate over double digits and also decreased his strikeout rate 5%, which is nice. So even though he only hit 156 uh, across 42 games, he still had eight homers and was able to get on base at a much more significant clip than his batting average. So there's maybe some things to hang your hat on there, uh, but I think would fit uh, in multiple multiple roles with the Red Sox. Totally. Next is uh, Colton Wong, who was not tendered a contract by St. Louis, and a bit of a baffling move there. Um, This would be a no-brainer for the Red Sox. I mean, he's probably going to be a tad on the expensive side, maybe like 10, 12 million or so. Um, But plays... Gold glove defense can also play the outfield in a pinch if you need him to, uh, and just gets on base like an absolute machine. Uh, second base is a hole for the Red Sox that right now Christian Arroyo it looks to be their uh, everyday player with some depth with uh, Yario Munoz and uh, Michael Chavis. But to be able to get a guy who's like a consistent gold glove defender at a relatively inexpensive price. I mean that has to be a no brainer, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. It's uh, totally uh, a no brainer for me uh, when I saw that uh, he wasn't tendered to contract with the Cardinals. Uh, my first reaction was, "What? What are the Cardinals doing?" And then my <laughs> yeah. second reaction is, "Oh my gosh, Red Sox signed that dude right now." Uh, but I mean, I do. I, I mean, I've been seeing some tweets this week that uh, you know. Uh, this guy, you know, Colton's like really in um, in demand for like a lot of teams. I saw that the Blue Jays were kind of yeah. thinking about it, and I totally get it. Like he is just like a vacuum over there at second base. He just gets every single thing. So, unfortunately, with how in demand I think that he's going to be, he's probably out of the Red Sox range. Um, I was kind of hoping like. When the Cardinals, you know, declined his his option, I was hoping that he would go kind of like the Cesar Hernandez route where everyone kind of like forgot about him and then 
you know, the Red Sox would sign him. It just seems like, unfortunately, there's too much, you know, too much news about other teams that I think that the Red Sox might step out. Yeah, that's true. If there's a lot of competition, which, why wouldn't there be? Yeah. I don't think they're really willing to get into a bidding war over anybody. Yeah. So they'll probably miss out, even though it would be a perfect fit. Yeah, I would love to see it. The dude's a... The dude's a gamer, and I just love to just see really, really great defense, so I would love to see him. Yep. Renata Nunez is next, and um, a bit of a another surprising move here for the Orioles, letting a 26-year-old slugger go uh, after he uh, had a 31 home run season uh, in 2019, and um, if you project out what he did in 2020, would have been... Well over 30, closer to 35. Um, nice power bat there. Um, I, I mean, as much as I want to say he would fit, the, the thing is they already have Chavis and Dahlbeck, which yeah. I don't think they need another. <laughs> Although I really like Nunez's skill set. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know I definitely know that you've been a fan of this guy, and I, I just think that it's – just really shocking that the Orioles just kind of let this guy go. Um, and I know that he probably doesn't fit really well with the team, but I would just, again, I would love to see him on the team. He would be like a really good just corner option. You could play him at first. You could play him at third. Uh, you could DH him if you want. Um, but I, I, I do kind of agree that he probably doesn't really fit the team. I would just love to have him on the team just just mashing home runs. It would just be so much fun. Yep. Same. That I just, I don't understand it. We, I mean, we were talking about this before we got on and just like, he had four years of control left, uh, coming off of back to back seasons where he just mashed. It's only 26. I just don't understand the move there for the Orioles. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, yeah, I just really don't understand. Like, like I was telling you before, it kind of gave me, like, uh, Jonathan VR uh, kind of vibes. But VR was, like, projected to get about 10, 11, 12 million in arbitration. And I really, honestly, I don't think that Nunez was going to get that much. Um, yeah, so I was really baffled about what Baltimore was doing there. Makes no sense. Next name of players that have already been non-tendered is Trevor Williams, pitched for the Pirates. Um, I hope that this is not where the Red Sox go, but I'm also a little afraid of this might be where they go. Yeah. Uh, not not necessarily specifically Williams, but like we have a listener question um, about if we think Urania is an option, which I assume is Jose. Mm-hmm. Um, the Marlins, uh, and similar to Trevor Williams, like doesn't get a lot of strikeouts, doesn't have good enough control to get away from it or to get away with it. Um, and Williams was just the past couple seasons, it's just been absolutely hammered, giving up home runs left and right. That's not a pitcher that does well in the AA, at least, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, his fastball was just absolutely demolished in 2019 and 2020 when it was his calling card um 
And I, this is the guy that I'm afraid that the Red Sox might go to. Like, it, yep. I'm getting, like, Zach Godley vibes with either, you know, Williams or Urania. Um, I, I mean, I did like Trevor Williams about two years ago. Um, yeah. But that was two years ago. And I'm just, I'm, I, I just think that, unfortunately, he would just really just get absolutely demolished in the AL East. Yeah, and that's why, like, it's similar to the Godley and Pavetta moves in guys that had prospects hype or hype at the major league level at some point, but have been terrible more than they've been good. Yeah. Which makes them these bargain bin options if the Red Sox think they can turn them around. And I, I really don't want the solution to pitching to be quantity over quality. But I'm afraid that's where it's going, <laughs> based off of the moves that they made um, in 2020, and just I guess what we're we've been told or speculate about how Bloom wants to be a GM. Uh, this seems like the guy that they would target in the hopes of something turning out, and I just I just hope that's not the strategy because that's not fun. Yeah, it's more painful. Yeah, I agree, and it's like it's not even like Williams or you know Urania really has like a high strikeout upside there. Like they're just like very mediocre when it comes to strikeouts. So it's like I, I don't I don't really see the upside of even maybe changing something and something change. I, yeah, yeah, he's going to yeah. be twenty nine next year, so it's it's not like he still has development to go. Now we have a kind of fun list of guys who have not been uh, non-tendered yet, but there's a lot of speculation that they will be. So first is Corey Kniebel, relief pitcher for Milwaukee, who was uh, once like a top three reliever, closer in the game here, but um, injuries really hampered his last two seasons, um, and he's kind of faded in that Milwaukee bullpen. But do you think this is the type of guy that the Red Sox should target for their bullpen? Um, I think so. Um, I mean, he had a Tommy John surgery that cost him all of 2019. Um, And then, um, you know, he came back this year. And the pretty much like the number one thing of um, that guys struggle with when they come back from TJ is control. And we saw his, you know, his walk rate just absolutely skyrocket from about 9 to 12%. Um, I mean, yeah, and his strikeouts uh, rate kind of went down as well. But, I mean, this is kind of like a guy that you, you've seen him be, like, really good. Um, and just taking a flyer on guys, um, especially with the, the type of stuff that uh, Knable has. I mean, I would take a gamble on him. Yeah, I think I would too. I mean, it looks like a massive drop in strikeout rate from you know, 14 to 10. Yeah. But a 10 percent uh, or a 10K per nine is still really good for a reliever. So, I mean, it was just the walks that it was, was a career high by just an absolutely massive amount, uh, which is going to get you into trouble. Yeah. Uh, the Red Sox already do have a lot of those guys, but none of them that have had the track record that Knievel has had. So, I mean, if this is like a... Major League minimum, even maybe like a minor league deal, just to get him in and see what he can do. I mean, he could definitely be a standout star in this bullpen. 
So I would be for it for sure because it definitely seems like low risk, high reward. Option. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Albert Almora Jr. of the Cubs, outfielder. Uh, this one would be a little bit interesting, I think. I'm curious what your thoughts are there. Uh, I mean, I, I, I was like looking at the, the, the possibility list and I thought, thought that Amora would be a really good, uh, center field option. Um, kind of like a, a, a lesser PR, um, if we, you know, don't resign JBJ. Um, I just thought that we could probably get him on a one or two year deal and it would just kind of be a, you know, a bridge. Um, he has really, really good defense. That's not so great, but I just thought it'd be a good kind of, uh, you know, bridge um, and at, at center field. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, he, he honestly is kind of like similar to Yara Munoz, except maybe a little bit more power. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit more power, not quite as good contact. Um but those are guys that the Red Sox have typically like added in the past is defense first outfielder and just found a way to use them. So it would definitely make sense. Um, and outfield depth is still something that's an issue. Even I mean, they have a few guys who can play there, but it's not really their primary position where Amora has been playing center field for the Cubs pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I agree. I think that is, that would be an interesting target. Jesus Aguilar down with Tampa, uh, or no, uh, Miami. Yep. Or, wait, where is it? Yeah, it's Miami now? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, he had a back-to-back really good seasons with Milwaukee, then had um, some not-so-great ones there. Had a short stint in Tampa, now landed in Miami. Um, and he's another guy that's kind of interesting. But I'm not sure. Similar to like Renato Nunez, I feel like they already have enough guys, like of his skill set that probably isn't a fit. Although it would be kind of interesting depth move. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of when I was looking at the list, I was like, oh, he could kind of be like a younger Mitch Moreland type and kind of do kind of what they did at the beginning of this season. Um, but yeah, I just thought it'd be a very interesting bench piece. Uh, but I, 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 I'm afraid that, you know, Aguiar is probably looking for a full-time gig. Understandably, because he's had a full-time gig for last couple seasons, so. Yep. Yeah. This next name, though, Tommy Pham. This one is really interesting. Um, suing strip clubs aside, <laughs> uh, Tommy Pham has consistently been really good. And even though he is... Um, over 30 will be 33 for next season. He is still steals a bunch of bases. Um, actually had a career, tied his career high with 25 in 2019. Had six in only 31 games in 2020, which was cut short by an injury. But massive ability to get on base, ability to hit for contact, will still steal, plays good defense. This would, again, be like the Colton Wong thing, a no-brainer for what the Red Sox need, but it's probably going to have a lot of competition. Yeah, yeah. If he is non-tendered, um, 
uh, but the Padres, I do think that there's probably going to be a bidding war, and we would probably lose that. But I, I, I'm still a fan of of fam. Um, you know, injuries kind of kind of worry me a little bit because he has kind of struggled to stay on, on the field. I mean, he still puts up like you know 130 to 140 games per season, but he had these kind of like little knickknacky things. But I think that he would be a good fit. I agree. G-Man Choi, currently with Tampa. Man, Tampa just, of course, they have a massive list of guys that they would not tender. Mm-hmm. Um, G-Man Choi, I think, is, is an interesting piece. Um, you, like, you alluded to Aguilar kind of playing the Mitch Moreland role. Um, that seems like exactly what G-Man Choi would do as well. Um Really strong ability to get on base isn't going to wow you with the average, but he'll do enough. Uh, and then he'll play spectacular defense at first. Um, it's another one that I think it would be nice to have, but I think they've already got enough depth at that position. Although if they did, if he wasn't looking for an everyday role, which um, I don't think he's ever had, really, um, that might be an interesting route for the Red Sox to go. Yeah, I definitely thought that that Choi would probably be an easier um, guy to sign than Aguiar, just because of what you said, um, that he hasn't really had like a full-time everyday role at first. He's kind of like really split his time, like when he's New York, Seattle, and then, you know, with Tampa. So I think he might be the easier sign, and he probably could probably put up the same numbers as Aguiar. Um, but I don't know. I, I, again, I would love to, to see him, um, just for some really, really good depth on the bench. Daniel Norris is potentially an option currently with the Tigers. Uh, Daniel Norris is a, is a guy that had a ton of prospect type was, uh, I think like a top 20 prospect at the time he finally broke through, uh, had two really good seasons and then, uh, had a really bad one and then had Tommy John. And then has kind of been improving ever since he came back. But um, in a short amount of innings, it was only 27 and two-thirds. Uh, at a 3.25 ERA, uh, 9.11 K per nine, and 2.28 walk per nine. Um, this would be very interesting to me. Because this is a guy that uh, he had hype, but really hasn't lost his polish like he's continued to get better every year since he came back from Tommy John he's still only 27 this would be the type of guy that I would want the Red Sox to go after if they're looking for kind of like these bargain bin low risk high reward kind of guys not the Trevor Williams or Jose Urania types um so if Norris does get non-tendered I really hope that the Red Sox would pounce yeah uh that was it my exact uh, thoughts. Um, I just remember like that trade from the Blue Jays to the Tigers, where it was Daniel Norris and Matthew Boyd and maybe someone else. And I was like super excited about Daniel Norris because I thought he was going to be like the next great Tigers pitcher. Uh, but it seems like uh, Matthew Boyd had, you know, kind of supplanted him. Uh, but uh, yeah, if if he does get an Antonio, like this is definitely the guy that you definitely you know, take the flyer on, uh, just like you said, like he has the prospect pedigree. He's just, he's just been a better pitcher than someone like Trevor Williams. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this is definitely the guy, 
Um, but if he does get non-tenured, uh, I would love the Red Sox to take a, you know, take a chance on him. He also chose to live in a van for a year and shaved his beard with an axe. Yes, that is a thing, and I think that's really <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. That's the kind of guy that this pitching rotation needs. Yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, next one that is also very interesting, Eddie Rosario, who has had several really, really good seasons uh, for the Twins. Um, power, outfield, bat. Uh, I, I mean, I feel like this would be another guy. Um, he'll be 29 for all of uh, next season. This is a guy that I think would have a lot of competition again uh, on the free agent market. Uh, he doesn't really strike out much. He gets on base well enough. Uh, 30 homer power. I would love it. I just don't think the Red Sox would be able to bid enough for him. Yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of, unfortunately, I feel the same way. Like when I saw that name, I'm like, oh my goodness, I want him on my team. You know, I want him on the yeah. Red Sox, right? And it's like, oh, well, yeah, they probably wouldn't spend enough to be able to sign him. Um, but I think it'd be a really good signing. And, and I, I've been thinking about this. Like if they do think that they are going to trade Benintendi, maybe they would be in on, you know, like a guy like Eddie Rosario, something like that. So, or maybe Tommy Pham, um, if they actually do think that they want to move on. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it wouldn't make sense for them to like move on from Benintendi and then not actually find a replacement for him. Yeah. So if they do, I guess I would kind of expect it to be with, like uh, maybe not the splashiest outfield signing, um, but something that we would be like, oh great, okay, that I feel good about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Last name on the list we have is Carlos Rodon, uh, White Sox former top draft pick who um, has just kind of struggled to put it together and then um, fell to the tige. I mean, before his Tommy John surgery, it kind of seemed like he was maybe pulling it together, but he's kind of always had control issues. This one, I feel, is like right in between the Daniel Norris, Trevor Williams uh, notches. Although his most recent seasons have been pretty bad, but these are the most recent seasons coming back from injury. So um, he has the ability to get strikeouts. I don't, just, I don't know if he can be consistent with it enough. But maybe that is because of Tommy Don I feel like I could be talked either way into Rodon. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, again, I mean, I, we're just totally agreeing here. I, I feel the same way because I was a major fan of Carlos Rodon as he was coming up uh, in the White Sox system and just injury after injury and then TJ and then other injuries. Just I, I, I. For his sake and for his career's sake, I hope that he can get past these injuries. Um, but I mean, if the if the Red Sox sign him, I'd totally be on board for it because again, he does have just you know just more pedigree than some of these other guys. And if you're going to take a flyer on a pitcher, I kind of lean towards you know ones that were good at one point versus ones that were just okay. He's also just been exclusively a starter, and I think he's at the point in his development where if it just doesn't work, he could be a really good reliever. Yeah. So that might not be a bad move. 
Yeah. Some interesting free agent names. Um, Dirksen Profar. So I was actually um, yesterday looking at Profar uh, and realized that he was a free agent. And I was like, oh, hey, that'd be a great target for the Red Sox. And then realized that we actually posted a piece over the monster. I think it was Jake wrote it about um, how Profar would be a great free agent target for the Red Sox. And I was like, great. <laughs> We're all on the same page. Um, Profar is, is a good baseball player. I mean, he was like the baseball's uh, number one prospect for, uh, I don't know, like four years in a row before he finally made his debut. But he's still only 27. Um, last year had seven homers and seven steals. The previous two full seasons before that, he made it to 20 homers. Um, decent enough average and is able to draw a walk every now and then. Doesn't really kill you with strikeouts. I just don't think, I mean, he's on his, or will be on his fourth team already. And he was really only given a chance to be an everyday player uh, in 2018 and 2019. Well, I guess, and well, I don't know, because he was kind of platooning mostly. He didn't get a ton of at bats in 2020, but at least kind of got a share there. But those were his three best years when he was given time to actually play. Yes. He met the match. So he's a guy that can play up the middle uh, or the outfield uh, or even third at times. He basically can play like everywhere and is still really young. I would love it. I think it'd be a great fit. Uh, yeah, I, I I totally agree. I mean, he's just given me like Munoz vibes where he could either play on the dirt or on the grass and he could just play anywhere. Um, I mean, obviously he's not going to live up to that, you know, best prospect in baseball for how many ever years. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, he's had some, some injuries that like really just kind of derailed his seasons in about, in about 2017, something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's still a, a good player and I was actually surprised with how well he played this, this season as I was putting this list together. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that he would be a great addition to the team. Same. Basically, I just, I'm not thrilled about Christian Arroyo being the guy. And then I'm, I'm starting to get sad about Chavis's prospects as well. And I'm pretty sure Pedroia's done. So there's just nothing there at second base that excites me. Yep. A guy like Profar would love it. Exactly. I mean, I liked kind of a little bit of what Oreo did, but I just don't want to put all of my eggs in that Oreo Chavis basket that doesn't give me warm fuzzies. So, I mean, if yep. we get, had had a guy like uh, Profar, I think I, I would definitely feel a whole lot better. Same. I also really like the next guy too, Jonathan Scope. Um, played the last season with the Tigers, 2020 with the Tigers. Is a free agent, a guy that um, has really been consistent, hitting 20 plus homers. Um, doesn't really walk a lot, but does hit for average. So it kind of makes up for it. Um, Again, it's just not being satisfied with with the current options that we have on the team in second base that I think Scope would be a good match. And he's also still, um, he's 29 still, even though it seems like he's been around forever now. Um, 
So he's also a guy that I would like to have at second base. Yep, yep, I I totally agree. Like these first two names, um, these are the guys that I kind of like really wanted to try to fill that second base hole because I I honestly I don't think that we're going to get uh, Colton Wong. Um, but yeah, either of these two guys, I would be completely uh, fine to kind of you know take a little game ball on. All right. Well, we've mentioned this next name um, a couple times already, but how about bringing back Mitch Moreland? I mean, I would totally be fine with it. I I've loved Mitch Moreland uh, for the last couple seasons that he's been with the team. Um, I just think that he would obviously he's a great clubhouse guy, be a great uh, a great little you know bench guy to you know plug in at first occasionally. Um, yeah, I I would be all for it. Um, I don't know if he's looking more for a full time gig and. If he's looking for a full-time gig, we probably won't be able to sign him, but I would love to bring him back. I feel like he's at the point where he's kind of proven what he is, and he's really valuable to teams who are competing, mm-hmm. who are looking for corner depth. And so I feel like that's probably where he's going to end up. And I, I don't think the Red Sox are in that situation. Yeah. It just, like, really sucks, like, just just from, like, a, if I was, like, a free agent and I was, like, in Mitch Warren's position – like, we don't even know if the NL is going to have the DH, and that really sucks. And that will really change things, especially for, you know, guys like uh, possibly like Aguiar or Choi, like all these DH guys. Next up is Joachim Soria, who is 36, uh, will be 37 for most of next year, uh, but is coming off a really good 2020 with... The Athletics is probably the next reliever that just, like, Fernando Rodney just pitches until he's, like, 42 <laughs> and is really good. I don't think I'd have a problem with this. I mean, he's old, but he would probably slot in as, I mean, either the second or the best reliever in the bullpen. So Yeah, I'm afraid to say that you're probably <laughs> right about that. And, um... Yeah, I mean, this guy, I, I've always liked him. Like, he's just always just been, like, one of those, obviously not, like, a closer type, but the good, you know, eighth inning, seventh inning guy where as soon as you know that, you know, he's on the mound, you're like, okay, I feel fine. I feel fine about this lead or whatever. You know, nothing's really going to get out of hand. Um, and he's just, I've just, you know, I've just been a fan. And I saw his name on the free agent list, and I'm like, I really want him. Um, on the Red Sox because I really think that he could help this really poopy bullpen. So, yeah, yeah. And another uh, oldie but goodie. How about bringing Mark Melanson back for another go? Heck, man, I- I'm I'm all for it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, he's not like like a super strikeout type of guy, but I mean, he gets the job done, and that's what we need. Uh, I mean, he's been the closer for um, the, the Giants and Braves the last couple, what, season and a half. But uh, I, I'd i be totally for it. Yeah, he had by far the worst year of his career with the Red Sox and then <laughs> went on to be one of baseball's best relievers ever since. That sounds about so, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't mind. And again, similar to Joachim Soria, like he probably would be better than Matt Barnes I and mean, he would be the best 
arm that you would have in the bullpen. So why not? Yeah. And lastly, a guy our uh, fellow co-host Jake Deverell loves to talk about, Jake Marisnik. Yeah, I mean, I just thought that, you know, maybe a, just someone you could just maybe give like a one to two year deal and just stick him in center and, you know, just just kind of just wait and he plays good defense. He's not that bad of, you know, a hitter, but he'll do all right. And I thought, oh, he could probably be get for pretty cheap. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think he would be an upgrade over like a majority of the bench roster there. Um, I don't know if he's strong enough to be an everyday player, mm-hmm. but um, just the fact that he'd be an upgrade and wouldn't be expensive probably makes him a decent target. Yeah. Speaking of the outfield, uh, giving you guys a bit of a um, preview of our roundtable for this week. Our topic for this week is uh, how would you go about solving the outfield situation? So this, we figured, was probably, since this is the speculation pod, a good place to speculate and see uh, if we were Mr. Bloom, how would we go about solving the issue of the outfield? Uh, Shelly, I'll let you go first. All right. Um, been thinking about this. I would make a um, two signings, um, one for left field and one for center. And um, I hope Jake is not listening. My left fielder is not going to be Marcel Azuna. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would actually um, go for George Springer. And actually put him in left instead of center because I don't really think he can play center. So I would sign, I would try to sign George Springer. And then, you know, um, maybe if Almora is um, a free agent, go after him. Maybe bring back PR or even go in after a, like a Jake Marisnik type um, to kind of just fill in the gap before Jaron Duran takes over in center field. So, Renfro would. Well, I was, let's let's talk about yours first. <laughs> um, I guess what drew you to Springer over Ozuna? Um, I trust Springer more than Ozuna. Um, I I've seen what Ozuna. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah, I mean I've seen what Ozuna has done. Um, the past couple years, but I've also seen him in St. Louis where he hasn't really been as great as what he showed this year. And Springer has just been consistently good. So do you think, um, probably wouldn't be cheap, would you be willing to, to give him the kind of contract you would need? Is this in, does your plan include, uh, retaining Benintendi or moving him? Uh, uh, definitely trading him. Like, I I really do think that the Red Sox are really might. I I'm I'm kind of ready to move on. Um, give it, you know, give him a change of scenery. Just kind of just get out of Boston, kind of thing. 
but yeah, I would definitely look to trade Benintendi. Maybe for some some type of pitching or something. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So your outfield would be Springer in left, Verdugo in right, and then Elmora or someone of that caliber in center? Yep. Interesting. That is interesting. It's probably not a bad route. Um, I think I'd like a little bit more offense Fair. across the outfield. So I'm basically just like a different option at center. Um, and Almora as a guy coming off the bench. Okay. But I don't know if that option exists. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so that, I mean, that might not be a bad way to go. I think... Yeah, I mean, they need. It kind of feels like they need to land either Springer or Ozuna, right? Yeah, I agree. So, hopefully, that makes sense. So, my option here is signing Ozuna. Um, I would be fine with Springer as well. It just feels like it would be a bit more expensive. Fair. So, Ozuna in left. I'm not getting rid of Benintendi. Okay. Moving to center. Verdugo in right. And signing Renfro as the fourth outfielder. Okay. I like that. I, I did a deep dive piece for Over the Monster on why I'm not ready to give up an Andrew Benatendi yet. And basically it was, he wasn't swinging at strikes. Mm-hmm. Which, a guy of his caliber and his hit tool, like, he was getting on base at an absurd rate before he got hurt. It was, his walk rate was over 20%. Which is just bonkers um he knows the strike zone and he knows what pitches a ball and what pitches a strike and even though i mean he was hitting like under um 100 but his obp was still almost 400 because he was just getting on base so he still has the ability to recognize pitches he just wasn't swinging at strikes and when he was swinging, he just wasn't making contact, which sounds like a massive loophole or like a like a something that is a, a much more a red flag than not. But he's demonstrated the ability in previous seasons that he knows that he can hit for average. Um, it's it's it just seems too weird of a thing to just lose the ability to hit. Yeah, for a guy with his pitch recognition and on base ability. So I. I th- I want to see one more year. I mean, if he struggles again, it would be three straight seasons of struggling, and then at one at some point you just got to call a spade a spade. So <laughs> I'd be ready to go at that point. But he had a disappointing second half to 2019. He, like many others, struggled in 2020. But there are certainly things to look uh, to to be optimistic about. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think I need to see one more year of him being really bad for me to want to move on. So I'd like to retain him, move him to center, because I think he can handle it. I mean, it's certainly a downgrade from what you had there. Yeah. Uh, But I think he would be better than Verdugo. And then make a signing of either Springer, Ozuna, and left. And then add Renfro as the bench bat. Yeah. I mean, I don't don't dislike it. I actually kind of really like it um and maybe i'm just like too hard on on benatendi and maybe 
maybe I'm just hoping that we could get pitching and maybe that's just like, you know, just a pipe dream at this point. Like, I don't, I guess maybe if I think about it more, can you really trade someone who has kind of underperformed to get some pitching that you really need, like young pitching? And maybe I'm just hoping that and not being realistic there. But I definitely do like yours better than mine. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Yeah. Well, I mean, of course, it all hinges on Benintendi returning to form. This is true. It would look really, really good if he does, and it'll look pretty bad if he doesn't. This is true. <laughs> um, you can get a lot more um, opinions. I'm actually really curious to see what the majority of folks in this roundtable have to say what they would do for the outfield. I assume, like you mentioned, Jake is probably going to be all in on Ozuna. Yep. I'm sure he probably wouldn't be the only one, Uh, but I am curious to see because we came up with two pretty different options. Um, So I'm curious to see what other folks come up with and then eventually what the Red Sox actually do. Moving on to some listener questions. Uh, Angel Rondon says... What do you want to see Bloom get done in the winter meetings? A signing or a trade? If so, for who? Um, well, if they are going to move on from Ben and Tenny, I would like to see it happen soon. Yeah. Um, and not kind of let it drag on, because I feel like the further it drags on into the season, the less likely they are to get anything of value in return. And since everyone's going to be there... Um, Actually, is this going to be in person or is it going to be all virtual? I mean, either way, it's still really easy to talk to the the other GMs. But yeah, it's going to be like all virtual stuff. Figured. All right. Well, either way, I'd like to see if they're going to move Benintendi. I'd like to see it happen in the winter meetings. Although we've had quite a run of like being really excited about things and happening in the winter meetings, and then nothing happening at all. So if nothing happens, I guess I wouldn't be surprised. But I would like to see a Benintendi trade happen. In the winter meetings, if it's going to happen at all. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely have to happen sooner rather than later because you don't want to, you know, have some other people sign um, sign deals with other teams that you might, like, trade them to. So if you're going to trade them, trade them soon. Um, if not, um, I definitely would like, you know, maybe one of, like, those relievers signed, like, Soria or Melanson. Um, just give me some type of good feels about the, you know, bullpen going into 2021. That's kind of what I'm looking for. Yeah. I'm just tired of having to talk about a really bad bullpen. Yep. Uh, Brandon Stewart asks what we mentioned before, uh, is Jose Urania an option? I think the answer is yeah, but not a good one. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, uh, yeah, I, I don't really, I wouldn't really want to, to see him starting, but I could see the Red Sox going that route. I just would not be looking forward to those games. Yep. Sox Junkie asks, what is your favorite ballpark outside of Fenway Park? For me, it is AT&T in San Francisco. Oh, I've heard that's beautiful. It is spectacular. Yeah. Um, I haven't been to too many, but um, Camden? Camden is really nice. That's a good one. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a definitely a good place. Baltimore, especially right around the ballpark, is really nice too. So that was pretty good. 
Really good crab fries there, too. I've heard that they're really good, so. Yeah. Yeah. I have also heard that Colorado and Arizona are both really nice ballparks, and two that are probably at the top of my list of I need to get to, but have not yet. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, would uh, This is Ivan L. Apex asks, would you trade Dahlbach, Darwinson, and a lower-level prospect for Luis Castillo? I would, but I don't see Cincinnati having any interest in that. Yep, I Yep, I don't think uh, Cincy would be up for that. But if that were to come through, like on a, a trade wire or whatever, I don't know how trades get discussed. <laughs> I'm thinking about too much <laughs> on fantasy. But as soon as I would see that, I'd be like, hit, accept, like so fast. Um, so, interesting. Uh, I had the chance to meet Rick Hahn, the uh, GM, of course, of the White Sox. Yeah. Um, and one of the questions we asked him was, how do trades get discussed? Like, is it like a fantasy league where you're just kind of like texting junk back and forth? And he said, absolutely it is. <laughs> and uh, we asked for just like the most interesting trade response that he's ever had. He said he fired off a trade to one GM whose response was a gif of a guy vomiting out the window of a car. <laughs> <laughs> so it is exactly like your fantasy leagues. Which I just love so much. That is awesome. That makes my day. <laughs> yep. Um, I, I think if the Red Sox are going to land Castillo, so he still has three years left of team control. I think Benintendi would have to be involved in that. For sure. And probably a better prospect than Dahlbach. Um, Dahlbach is going to be 26 next year, which is, I mean, it's not old, but it's kind of old if you're looking to make a trade yeah. um, for a, like a Cy Young level pitcher he also still has massive massive risks and he's a lot closer to chavis than he is like joey gallo being his ceiling yeah um everybody was wildly concerned about chavis's strikeout rate last year and tallbucks was 10 percent worse <laughs> so although he did have eight homers and looked really good in that 20 game stretch there's also much to be concerned about and to give up for cincinnati to give up a scion caliber pitcher um, who's still, I think he's like 27 and about to turn 28 next year. Uh, they would need something much more stable than Thalbach, Darwin's in a lower level prospect. That's just significant amounts of risks that would not land you a, a pitcher like Castillo. Yeah, agreed. That is the end. Nice. That is all we have. Um, Shelly, where can the folks find you and have you written anything? recently um i haven't really written anything um but uh you can find me on twitter um that's really where i'm at these days um (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty much all i'm doing (laughs) great um that twitter handle is at shelly v underscore 643 you can also find me on twitter i have been in a post-season lull um I have not tweeted much, but that's about to pick up because uh, over at the Dynasty Guru, uh, we're into ranking season. So that's always fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can find me at Spoken Keats. And of course, follow Over the Monster at Over the Monster. Go to Over the Monster website. Check all that stuff out. Subscribe to all our podcasts, which is just this one for now. Um, however, you are going to be back next year with a prospect pod, correct? I am, yeah. Um uh, yeah, there's like a lot of like crazy things going on in the minor leagues. Um, 
hopefully we find out some information soon about, you know, different levels and affiliates and all that stuff. But uh, once the yeah. season actually gets going, yeah, it's just going to have uh, just a, you know, podcast dedicated to the minor leagues, which is I'm really looking forward to. Great. Yeah, I tried to get that going last year, and then, of course, there was no minor leagues, so that made it kind of difficult. It made it <laughs> so, extremely difficult. <laughs> yeah, glad you're sticking with it, and you're going to bring it back. Looking forward to that. Uh, if you haven't yet subscribed to the Over the Monster Podcast Network, and for some reason you're listening to this currently right now without having subscribed, uh, please do, so you can uh, get that podcast as soon as it starts to drop in. Um, that's going to do it for us. Thanks, and we'll be back next week. <laughs>